Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group. Joining me is co-host Hannah Garcia, an associate with the firm. To kick things off, we're going to start with a review of the BG Reads, our top story from the week. As a reminder, the BG Reads are Bingham Group's daily news blast covering Austin, Texas, and some national news, a lot of it relating back to Texas and the city. Uh, that is something you can subscribe to directly on us. You can shoot an email to info at binghamgp.com or subscribe through our LinkedIn page. And we'll have a, a link to that in the show notes. Uh, the top stories from the week, uh, these will also be included in the show notes with links. Um, up the top was the Austin Monitor had a story about council's creation or okaying the creation of a charter review commission, which we'll talk to shortly uh, related to some of the items from last week, yesterday's council meeting. Uh, second was how Austin is planning for a neighborhood, planning for neighboring areas to evolve along generational transit systems. And this was a community impact article linked to ETODs, equitable transit corridors, which we'll talk about again shortly. Uh, third was the story out of KUT from KUT. Austin homeowners asked judge to void city policies that allow developers to build more housing. And Hannah, we'll talk about that one. I think at the top after this. And then the last story was related to Project Connect from the Austin American Statesman. Austin's Project Connect is over budget. Texas lawmakers have a plan to rein it in. Let's start with, uh, let's talk about that prior story, though. The Austin homeowners suing or asking the judge to void city policies that allow developers to build more housing. This was specifically targeting the council resolutions that came out of last or last year around the vertical mixed use to VM2 or VMU2. Hannah, your thoughts and impressions. Um, so yeah, I was actually at the council meeting yesterday and we got to hear kind of some of their some of these people on the lawsuits thoughts generally about, you know, the ETOD and height in general. And um, one of the things they're really, I think, worried about is displacement. Uh, they're worried about neighborhood character. And I think these are definitely things that, you know, as a community, we should pay attention to. But it's also like we're we're in a pretty bad affordable housing crisis. And, you know, things are just going to get more expensive. So we do need to build more height because at the end of the day, if you're building more height, then more people are going to be able to live there and hopefully outbid someone who wants to just build a bunch of luxury apartments. But, um, you know, I, I definitely understand. I think part of it is is education around the code. It's difficult to understand. And so mm -hmm. some things that may be, you know, good are really easy to twist by um, a lot of these, uh, not twist, but kind of, you know, frame in a certain way. Well, yeah. And the code, just as a reminder of folks who aren't aware or don't follow the city of Austin, I mean, the, the, the city of Austin's land code is 40 years old. It's as old as me, almost. I mean, I think it was probably, we're about around the same age. Yeah. Or it's or a few months, maybe a few months older than me, but uh, it is, it is, uh, it's been patchworked the last 40 years. And this is, this isn't, I mean, this isn't opinion. It has been the last 40 years, but considering the code was last revised at a time, you know, 40 years ago, um, when Austin was a much smaller city and than what it is now in population and now every metric. And, um, you know, there have been attempts in the past to, to do a full overall reform. Uh, the last one being what, two or three years ago, or two, three years ago, or four years ago at this point. Yeah. 2020. And, mm -hmm, and that nearly four years ago. And that was the same group that, uh, you know, it, it went to second reading, second reading with the third and final reading, you know, on the pot on the corner uh, the same group of homeowners sued the city or and uh, were successful. So, uh, you know, I don't know even that where that's at. I mean, I thought they're going to appeal it, but I guess it's probably just DOA. And so, um, 
and to your point, Hannah, yeah, we're we've we know we're, we're we know we're in a affordability crisis, and I mean we've been in one for several years. I think at this point, probably more. And um, you know, I think we know there's a consensus, a broad consensus that something needs to be done. But the what, the what, and the how are you know, I guess to be determined. And like most things, the devil's in the details on that. Yeah. And then uh, let's just, let's go to, we can talk about the, let's talk about the charter commission or charter review commission. So this is big and we're going to do, we'll have a blog post about this as well, but essentially, you know, of the items that council okay or put, or put forth in the creation of this commission is to review the, the minimum threshold for a ballot petition. And I think, I mean, off the top of my head, I think Austin take, and we need about 20,000 votes or verified qualified uh, signatures rather to, to have an item placed on uh, the ballot, either either in November or in May, uh, depending on when, it, when they're approved. And, you know, there've been several high profile items in the last several recent years that uh, have been through ballot or ballot petition, including, you know, changing the mayoral elections to being aligned with the presidential cycle, there was one that went down that same that same uh, ballot slate that would have moved, uh, created a strong mayor system in Austin, similar to Houston. Um, so a range, you know, it's a range, right? The, the threshold in Austin is twenty thousand valid signatures, and we have we have that's the lowest threshold of any major city in Texas by I think at least thirty thousand signatures. Yeah, and I think this comes in response to what's going to be on the May ballot, um, the police or the police oversight. Um, act and so we've got you know prop a and prop b on the may ballot they are essentially titled the same thing but they're very different and so i think this comes in response to just kind of the whole situation that happened with that but i also think it's important to keep in mind that i think one of the reasons we have this um, threshold at twenty thousand for you know a referendum election is because state law only requires you know twenty thousand signatures for a charter amendment and so potentially if um people see that as a as a obstacle they might just try to amend the charter mm-hmm. and so that could be a little bit more precarious but um you know just with what everything's happened i think people might be a little bit more um, cautious about signing anything in general just because I, there was a you know a good amount of people that didn't understand you know if they were signing on what they were signing on to um just because you know it's it, this is difficult policy it's hard to understand and so um yeah, I, I'm definitely curious to see, you know, if, if this does happen and we change it, we we increase that threshold. Are people just going to go and change the charter or try to? Possibly. We'll we'll see. Uh, I'm sure I know this will be this will be handled in this, within this year. So we'll see. Uh, and then so coming back, going back to council's agenda from yesterday, some highlights included uh, several resolution items. Um, but start at the bottom one. So what is an executive session item related to? the search and appointment for a new city manager. So this is the first uh, clear indication we have that the process is underway. It's something we talked about on prior shows. And, uh, you know, again, executive session means this was taken up like, by council behind uh, with, behind closed doors and with their legal department to talk about. And we expect most likely we'll have more public information about this in the coming weeks. Um, that process is something that, you know, again, the last city council's manager search Took about 17 months. And so the city has several search firms on already under contract for these kinds of searches. I think though it's going to come down to what the city desires, you know, what this what they're looking for for a firm to do. You know, Hannah and I have been talking about this. I, I don't see how any firm gets around not having a stronger community engagement component to this, just given just at least the the 
appearance or just lack of, or at least the view from some of the community in the last uh, city manager search that there wasn't enough or it came a look error came also too late. And so that's going to be a balance for any group that takes this work up. Obviously folks looking for jobs don't want their current employers to know in most cases. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, that, that also could impact the, the pool of candidates if they have to be public way sooner in the process than they'd like. But again, that's to be determined. So we'll see. But I think, again, this is item 36 on the council agenda. And we have a, a, a link to all the council agenda in the show notes. But this was the first indication, again, of the council is starting to move um, on a formal process to, to search and confirm a new city manager. And I think you know, from there, I mean, there are already there are several key assistant city manager positions that are open, as well as director level positions, and probably some below that. So this role is key. There's Getting this filled, uh, I think, quickly or at least in a expeditious matter is necessary just to get the other hires filled. I don't imagine anyone's going to take a take a job not knowing who their boss is going to be, their permit boss yeah. will be. <laughs> so more to come on that. But that's that's developing daily. Uh, item sixteen. This is approving the resolution to accept the equitable transit oriented development or ETOD policy plan. And you're watching this one. Do you want to give more highlight on this? Yeah, yeah. So just for those who don't know what an ETOD is, it's just kind of a community development framework around these Project Connect routes. So there's going to be some, you know, downtown and as well as just throughout the city. And um, essentially, this is just going to make it um, easier to build more dense and, um, you know, wave parking minimums on these areas that are going to be have access to transit and a lot of these Project Connect routes. And so yesterday, we got to hear a lot of um, community members speak about it and um, council considered it. But um, one of the things that I think a lot of people are worried about is the fact that not many people utilize transit except for, you know, in the downtown areas. Like, obviously, the downtown areas, people are already living densely. So it's really easy to use that transit. It has high ridership. Um, and so one of the concerns was these places don't even have high ridership. You know, we're going to put housing on there. Um, but are people even going to use it? So I think we're in a little bit of a a conundrum here where it's like, yeah, we don't have high ridership in these areas because people are so car dependent there. Um, and so it's a little bit of a, we're trying to solve an issue that should have probably been solved maybe 20, 30 years ago um, and prepare for this type of stuff. But um, I think this will be good in the end because it's going to make some land development code kind of, um, I guess, variances in these areas for more height, parking minimums and other things that will make it um, so that these people aren't car dependent and will utilize the transit on these routes. Very good. And then we had item 27. This was the EV fast charging station uh, resolution pulse or expansion plan. And I know this is one you're watching as well, but these high level color on this one. Yeah. So this one actually got approved on consent. Um, no, no real opposition against this. Uh, there was even one community member who spoke in and, um, in support of this, which is really cool to hear because, you know, you never really hear people talking about EV chargers. <laughs> oh. But um, but yeah, no, this one passed really easily. And it's essentially just going to direct the city manager to kind of make a plan um, of where to put these and even changing some current um, chargers in the city to direct current chargers, which um, for those that don't know, Tesla uses a very specific charger that other cars can't use. And so um, Tesla's kind of monopolized the market a little bit. Um, but um. So this will just make it more equitable for people to have, you know, more affordable EVs and just, you know, more EV use, which I think is all in line with what the city of Austin wants to do and just equitable transit. So um, the city manager is expected to come back to with a um, 
a little briefing for one of the boards and commissions in September. So excited to see what that plan will look like. Yeah, September 19th, they will be presenting a plan to achieve that before the Austin Energy Utility Oversight Committee or on before September 19th. So more to come on that. And then moving on to other news, uh, South by Southwest Conference and Festival begins today officially through March 19th. So for those who are downtown, you know, just regu downtown regulars, uh, you know, the, you know the deal, expect more traffic. I think what I saw on Monday was most hotels in Austin, I don't know if that was the metro or it's probably definitely the city, are at capacity. So good for the city, but uh, you know that that in turn means more foot traffic, heightened foot traffic, and and such. So most likely, if you don't have to be downtown, your offices are probably already made other plans. But if you do, just FYI on that and plan accordingly. And then, uh, well, I want to wish a happy birthday to Hannah. It's next next Tuesday because we'll, we'll we'll be out of bed. I know some events, so happy birthday to you, early or early you, birthday. And congratulations to AJ on his selection as a finalist in the civics, government, and public affairs category for the 2023 Austin Under 40 Awards. That was mouthful. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh it was um it was a nice surprise thing that well, the announcement we found out about it last last Friday, and then they had the formal announcement this week. So it's been fun. There's some great folks in the category with me, um, several I know really well. And so I'm looking forward to just, you know, the, what the judges decide um, and the video will be in May. So we'll all be here for that in person. Uh, well, thank you for that. It's an honor. And uh, yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about as we head off in the weekend? Um, Just, um, I guess um, going back to Project Connect, the city is, um, yes. the Texas legislature has once again um, tried to thwart the city of Austin. I think we're, it, it had been a while since I had seen the back and forth between Texas Ledge and the city. Um, and by a while, I mean like a month. So <laughs> uh, it's good to see them back. But, um, you know, reading the bill, I think um, it's it's doing something I think it, it actually makes sense because Project Connect was essentially kind of like this blank check for this plan that that was kind of there and everybody really liked it. But since then, the plan has changed a lot and the um, amount of money necessary to do this has increased a lot just due to inflation and a number of other things. Um, and so there was a few things that this bill included, which was, you know, um, related to funding, but bonds passed is what the debt would be used for, how much debt product leaders need to issue and the tax rate needed to pay back the debt. And I, I personally think that that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I was fairly certain that Austin had already done it. So um, definitely, you know, always excited to see how Project Connect comes out, but I'm also, you know, curious to see how this um, bill, which is HB 3899, is going to affect um, Project Connect and how it turns out. All right. Well, more on that in the near term. Y'all have a great weekend and be safe with uh, either you're traveling around Austin or leaving Austin to escape the South by Southwest crowds. Uh, it was great for the city. Again, this is a, it's a big economic boost. We felt in the last two years, the 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 lot either the, not, the event not happening or just a smaller events from the attendees. So really big for the city and big for hotels and, and everyone involved. So be safe out there. Yeah. Bye everybody. If you enjoyed the show, please share with your colleagues. The BG podcast is available on Apple podcast, SoundCloud, and Spotify. The BG podcast is a product of the Bingham group, LLC, an Austin-based lobbying firm serving businesses, nonprofits, and trade associations at the municipal and state level. You can learn more about the Bingham Group at www.binghamgp.com. That's B-I-N-G-H-A-M-G-P.com. 
And for the latest firm news and content updates, follow us on LinkedIn. We'll have a link in the show notes. Thank you.